Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. It is time for the Successfully Unemployed show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit your job, your J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by having investments, by being an entrepreneur, having side hustles, working freelance, do whatever you can to not work a J-O-B and provide for yourself and your family. And in today's show, we're going to be talking all about how you can be a service provider in platforms like LinkedIn or Pinterest or TikTok for that matter. And so then today's show, we're going to be talking about how to serve other companies, serve other people and get paid to do that with helping them on these platforms. See, I've actually hired people to work on Pinterest, work on my Pinterest account. Now, our expert is going to talk to us about LinkedIn. But at the same time, all of these principles, all these, all this advice that she gives, we can utilize it for every single platform that's out there, not just LinkedIn. It could be, let's see, what are they? There's Pinterest, there's LinkedIn, there's TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's Facebook. Instagram. There's probably more, but I'm not even thinking of, but those are the ones that come to my mind. And you can absolutely be an expert in those and get paid to do and use those. Imagine that. That's like the best thing in the world. You like using a platform, get paid to do it for somebody else. Absolutely amazing. Now that's creating a service-based business. Now I also want you to learn how to get passive income. And you'll learn in today's show how our expert shares how she makes passive income on top of helping people build up their platforms. She makes passive income by having courses and affiliates and memberships and all these other things. And I want to show you how to do that. I wrote a book called How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. It's a best-selling book on Amazon. I want to give it to you absolutely for free. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book. Forward slash free book. It's all one word. But I want to give you that so you can start learning how to create passive income. I even have 10 different ways that you can start making passive income right away. Go and get my free book, successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book. Now let's jump into today's show where we're going to be talking to Sarah Santa Croce. She is a fantastic person that has created a terrific business that helps people. And she's an expert in LinkedIn, but she'll also show us how to do it in every other way. On top of that, she's in Switzerland. I've been to Switzerland. I love Switzerland. She is literally recording with me in Switzerland and I'm here in America, in Phoenix, where I live. And she lives in Switzerland. But here's the great thing with the internet, you can do these businesses from anywhere in the world. And you can absolutely take care of yourself and your family without having a J-O-B. Okay, let's jump in today's show where we talk to Sarah Santa Croce to see how she created a fantastic business helping others in platforms like LinkedIn and how we can do it too. Okay, let's do this. So Sarah, thank you so much for being here on the show. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Dustin. I'm so excited. So Sarah, living in Switzerland, I actually went to Switzerland. It was like 2018. I went on a six-week trip with my family over through 11 different countries. We had a blast. But I would say probably one of the 
one of our most favorite countries to visit was Switzerland. I mean, those Alps are absolutely amazing. So you actually get to live there full time and everything. So yeah, what, what are your thoughts about like living in Europe as opposed to like, maybe America? Yeah, you know, it's funny, we actually did live for four years in California, we went um, on kind of a, an expat assignment, my, my husband got a job there. And so we moved to um, just south of LA for four years, 2006 till 2010. And it was an amazing experience. And I loved it. You know, I, I can't get better than Southern California in terms of the weather and everything. Um, but I do have to say, I did miss Europe. I did miss the diversity, the different cultures in, in the States. Even though you have the different states, it's still, you know, it's one kind of similar culture to me. At least that's what it felt like. So I did miss the different languages, the diversity and all of that. Yeah, what was really interesting is we flew from Israel in our trip. We flew from Israel into Austria, and then from Austria drove into Germany, and then into France, and then into Switzerland. And we were staying. We went to the Alsace in uh, France. That was beautiful. Yeah, the whole area is just absolutely amazing. Now let's move on from there because I just you know, a little touch base with that because I just love that area is, is fantastic. But so, how do you make money to provide for yourself rather than working a job that that job that everybody has to work that nine to five job? Mm, yeah, wow, that's a, that's a, a huge topic in our family always because I'm always trying to get my husband also to get out of his job, and you know, um, it's it's definitely a journey. I started my journey uh, twelve plus years ago, um, so it was actually at that time when we moved to California, and I had to quit my uh, day job here. He got transferred, so he, uh, my husband was employed over in the U.S. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, our kids were little and it took I took a year to basically get settled and get them organized in school and all of that. But then I was like, well, what do I do now? I, I, I'm not your typical stay at home mom. And it's not like there's anything wrong with that. But to me, it just felt like I can use this time to, you know, start my own business. And so that's what I did. I uh, and it was in the middle of the um, kind of the the Facebook uh, buzz and Twitter was being launched, and so and obviously I was right right there in the hub of things. And so I used social media to start my own business to create buzz around it without any budget at the at the time. And and so I thought, well, if I can do that, I can do that for other businesses as well. And so that's how I got started in being a consultant, um, first social media in general, and then uh, LinkedIn, I, I niched down, everybody said, you got to find a niche. And so LinkedIn uh, was going to be my niche. And that's what I did. So what I do today is, you know, different things. First of all, um, company consulting. So I go into companies and, and offer trainings for marketing departments, HR departments um, for LinkedIn. So they want to know how to use LinkedIn. So they contract me. And those are usually half day or one day um, consulting gigs. And um, yeah, they, they pay pretty well because I now have an expertise. Um, you know, it took a while to build that expertise and to get a name for that. But that's what I have now. And then it's really just referral based um, business because once you have established that personal brand, people just kind of keep referring to you as the, the specialist in the area. So that's one of the things I do. 
So it's it's mainly through LinkedIn, like or you don't do Facebook as much anymore. It's mostly through LinkedIn. No, I really focused in on on LinkedIn, and that's maybe that could, that's a topic we can talk about this this whole niching idea, right? Well, uh, that's definitely something that a lot of entrepreneurs talk about. Like you got to find your niche or niche, like we say over here, um, because it then makes you a specialist or an expert. Um, because if you're kind of doing everything, um, well, first of all, your rates can't be the same. Um, you also, uh, you know, it, like if I still had today to be an expert in Instagram and TikTok and, and you know, all these different platforms, it just gets overwhelming and, and you can't really go into the nitty gritty of each of the platforms. So that's why it's good to to really narrow down your services and find one thing that you're going to be known for. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all mainly LinkedIn that I do today, um, for that kind of, uh, engagement. Yeah. There, there are so many different platforms. I mean, you, you just mentioned one that I tried for, I tried maybe like two weeks, maybe not long enough, but TikTok was one that was like, I just don't get it. I'm not going to dance in front of the camera or whatever. It just, it didn't fit me, but maybe in like five years, it might still be around and uh, not be acquired by Facebook, but it might, anyways, there's also other ones like Pinterest. I mean, there's so many different ones and to be an expert in every single one is going to be rather hard. And so um, uh, LinkedIn is definitely, I, I would say you're one of, I would say dozens of people that have, or business entrepreneurs and people that are doing business saying that LinkedIn is really a great place to go. So before we get into more about that, talk to us about before when you were working a regular job and you had, um, you know, you had your, you actually traveled for, um, to live in America for four, four years. And then where you actually said, you know what, I'm going to stop everything. Um, and literally just do this full time. Like, was it nervous or did you have like a safety net? Like, because your husband's working, was that hard to do or was that easy to do? It was like, financially speaking, um, there was definitely a safety net, right? So that was not the hard thing. The hard thing, though, was to go from being in this corporate environment, having a team, working in a team, um, going to a different country, um, having to take care of your kids and making sure that you know they're integrated, to integrate myself into the new government, and at the same time trying to, to build your own business. I think what people who come from the corporate world often underestimate is the is this idea of all of a sudden they stand alone there's no more brand there's no more title to, to hide behind there there's no more like it's it's like an ego thing right you're getting paid i don't know six figure uh numbers uh salary per per year and all of a sudden you have to make that money yourself by just being you and it's really kind of an ego trip almost where you're like wow, like, you know, who am I really? And how can I um, be the person that gets clients and by myself? I think that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely. And, and thinking about going alone and I mean, it, it rises and falls on your shoulders. That's really rough. I know. And thinking of being um, niching down or niching down. And I really like the idea that you did that because um, thinking of real estate. There's and I invest in real estate. I bought um, 30 plus properties and that's how I was able to quit my job and be successfully unemployed. But um, as I started teaching other people how to invest in real estate, there's so many different ways to invest. I mean, there could be, you know, flipping homes, there could be, uh, you'd be a realtor, it could be um, getting tax liens or there and, and rental properties is one of, and the wholesaling is another one. 
And so I just kept getting smaller and smaller. And I really just only liked real estate rental properties. That's the only thing I like to do. That's the only thing I like to teach. Now, that's how that's what I teach now. I literally coach people how to do that and they get properties on their own, which is fantastic. So you went the route of going with LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is a little interesting because it seems to me, and I could be right or wrong, but you tell me. So it seems to me like LinkedIn is more of a B2B you know, business to business type of transaction or type of, uh, you know, uh, people that you're connecting rather than like business to consumer. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because that's often the first reaction of people. And and actually things have changed substantially. And I wouldn't even say B2B or B2C anymore. I would say H2H, human to human, because we're really in this era where we are now no longer so much interested in companies. We're not, you know, really interested in brands anymore. We're interested like Simon Sinek says, we're interested in the why, the purpose, like all this talk. And and so we're actually interested in the people behind the company. And and it took me a while as well to see that, that I'm actually engaging with people on LinkedIn and not with companies. Because how do you talk to your to a company, right? It's not like a company is made out of people. So, so there's really no difference whether you're addressing the business and want the contract from the business, but you're still talking to a person, to a human being. Yeah, that's fantastic because you have just many, many people on there and they have, it's a different mindset than like Facebook. If you go on Facebook, you're looking to see what other people are doing for their birthdays or, you know, what they they just did for, you know, the 4th of July or whatever it might be. That's obviously an American holiday. But um, what's, what you do there is you go there for social, but LinkedIn is definitely like you go there to figure out how to make money. And so that's, that's very interesting that you say that it's a human to human. Um, so I know that I probably should get on to LinkedIn uh, much often, much more often than I am. In fact, I literally just, as soon as I get somebody like an email saying somebody wants to connect with you on LinkedIn, I almost, I don't even reply because I get so many of those. Um, tell me, how would I utilize LinkedIn for my, so let's say rental properties. I'm teaching people how to invest in real estate and rental properties. And so people that want to invest they might be on LinkedIn, but what what is one step that I would get started in utilizing LinkedIn to help people find real estate and choose me as a coach to want to invest? Yeah, again, I think it's all about your personal brand and LinkedIn is a great place to build your personal brand. And then it's all about content. What you're teaching is all about content, right? And I'm sure you're doing that on other platforms because otherwise, how do we nowadays position ourselves as experts if it's not? For, with content. Like we can't just say, oh, I'm an expert. We actually have to prove it and we prove it by content, by sharing content. And so it's the same thing on LinkedIn, except that what you said on LinkedIn, you have more of the audience who actually has the money to invest. <laughs> and where on, you know, TikTok or, or Facebook, uh, yeah, there's people in there too, but maybe not as a, you know, concentrated um, because the LinkedIn is still the professional platform. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Now, if I were to put, I mean, can you, okay, I haven't, this, this will show my ignorance of LinkedIn. Um, 
can you put content out there? Like, cause I have podcasts, I have articles. Oh yeah. We can yeah. actually have a section of like content that we put out there. Cause I just, I just set up, okay, Dustin Heiner, master passive income or successful employed and just left it there. So I can actually put content on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a living thing. So, so you have your LinkedIn profile, right? That's, that's basically what I call the mini website or your sales page. If you want, that's where you sell yourself as the expert. But that's a static thing, right? Uh, yeah, you can change it every now and then. But LinkedIn, what really makes LinkedIn is the network. So yeah, you have people in your network. And then the content that you share with them, that's what keeps them up to date with what you're doing. And so, uh, you know, the podcast, well, share it with the people in your network and they'll, you know, see what you're doing. So, so yeah, it's a living thing. <laughs> So is there a way to automate that or do I have to go in there every time and hey, like everybody, here's a new article. Is there a way to automate that? Yeah, you know, there's always ways to automate things. The thing is that the the networks and not just LinkedIn, they all got smarter now and they always know when it's automated. They can kind of just tell that you're using a third party tool. And so and so you're not gonna get the same engagement because LinkedIn's algorithm is just gonna say, oh, it looks like this guy's a little lazy. Let's not show his content so much. So so obviously the best engagement you'll still get if you put it in there live but there is definitely um i would recommend uh, my friend hanny mora's um tool repurpose that's a great one to repurpose uh podcast for example um and they just added uh linkedin as a as a platform where you, where you can share it yeah that's great. Repurpose. I'm going to have definitely have to check that out. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Now, if somebody said, you know what, I really love what Sarah does. I love LinkedIn or another platform. Let's just say it's Pinterest or whatever. How do we get started becoming an expert? I know we obviously have to learn it. I know we obviously have to understand uh, at least better than probably some people. Like I'm absolutely a novice at TikTok. I'm absolutely a novice at LinkedIn. You probably know a lot more about TikTok than I do, if you've ever even just like looked at it for more than five <laughs> seconds, but no, you have to be, yeah, I, it doesn't seem like you need any certifications or like you, it's, it's just your own personal experience. Like how do we actually become an expert so that we could then sell our services or serve other people in that medium? Yeah. It's a funny question because first of all, like who defines an expert, right? I don't call myself an expert because I always think that it's actually our clients who might call us an expert, but I'm, I don't know everything that is there to know about LinkedIn. I'm sure there's other people who know different things or more things. So I never uh, aspired to be the expert. Um, however, uh, yeah. So how do you get there? Well, yes, definitely. Um, you know, you can take courses now there's, you know, you can even go to university and learn about uh, social media. So there's, there's all these possibilities nowadays to, to self learn. Um, and I think it's just about getting started somewhere and, and slowly building up that brand. And, and, and again, it has to do with content, putting yourself out there, even if it's just little offers or just volunteering to help people with their profile or whatever it is, but, but slowly you're going to build that reputation and expertise. 
So you gave us a, a lot of big, broad topics like um, yeah, putting content out there. That's that's one we should d- dive into. Building that brand, that's another one. And then also even um, building that expertise and then also making sure that your customers see you as the expert. So let's dive into, do we, uh, in order to, to to serve other people in that platform, how do we make sure we know it well enough? I mean, should we, like you said, you take, do we need to take a course? Should we just start helping, like just seeing a business owner and say, Hey, can I just help you with LinkedIn? I'll just get started working on it. You don't even need to pay me. And you work that way. Like what are your, in order to really understand the platform in order to serve other businesses? Yeah. I I think first of all, obviously you spend quite a few hours on it yourself uh, to figure everything out that you can. There's so much content available. You can follow all these other experts and see what they're doing. Uh, I would say probably in two months, you've pretty much figured out quite a bit already. And then you're like, well, what if I volunteered at, um, you know, the community center or, or, um, whatever, what are those places called where the, the unemployed go, you know, the like helping people with what you know right now. And like temp not, agencies or something know, like that. Oh my God, you're not an expert. No, you're getting, they're getting help from you. So that's a definitely a, a great way to, to practice. And then once you feel confident, you're putting out a small, a small offer and, you know, maybe first start with family and friends. And then from there, it will grow into uh, actually a, uh, a business offer. So we would, whatever platform, let's just, let's keep going with LinkedIn because that's, we could easily apply that because there's so many other ones. Like Pinterest is another one that just confuses me. In fact, I look at Pinterest as a way for my wife to find things for me to do around the house. Like, oh, that's pretty. Let's go. Hey, Dustin, can you make this for me? Like, oh, it's another thing I got to do. So let's just stick with, with uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> so with LinkedIn, let's say we been using it for two months. We've have our profile. We found out, we figured out, we even took a course or something like we understand LinkedIn, or at least we feel like we understand LinkedIn pretty well. We then, like you said, went to like a temp agency or went to, went someplace like a nonprofit and said, I just want to help. Like, how can I help you? And I, I love working, working with LinkedIn. I'm going to get experience. That's one way I'm going to get paid off um, is by getting experience. Now, how do we then, I, I love how you said, go to friends and family and see if they could either hire you or you could work with them or they might referral any other steps to then getting that first client. Cause that first client that's actually going to be paying you money. That's like, that's nerve wracking. Cause you're going to be doing a number of things. Number one, you're going to probably sell yourself short. You're probably going to um, not charge as much as you should just because it's, it's your first one. And you're like, I want to charge here, but I can't cause I'm first. So how do we get that first client? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely kind of recommend just for the confidence to set up some kind of web page, you know, it can be Wix or whatever template web page, just so that it feels legit and that you can tell people, you know, you can go to this offer on my website. And, and from there, there is a payment option. Um, because the minute people feel that this is kind of like amateur ground they're they're may back off so it's good to have that confidence and say hey i have a page where you can go look at all the details and there's a payment button so so kind of you know do some prep work from the business building side not the skill building side but the business building side so that when you have that conversation with the first client that you actually um you know feel confident enough to make that offer so so 
that's before you go and actually um, look for a paying client. And then um, if you have done this training about, you know, how do, how do you use LinkedIn and all of that? Well, by now you should also understand that you can actually use LinkedIn to find clients. And so you will actually do what you're, you're going to teach. You're going to do yourself and approach people on LinkedIn, not to pitch them right away, right? That's the wrong approach, but to just build a relationship. And then um, they will see on your LinkedIn profile that that's your expertise. That's what you're helping them with. And then slowly you take this relationship to, you know, deeper and deeper. And once they ask you a, a question or maybe you have a special offer that you can put out there and, and reach out to them and say, hey, I have this special offer, um, you know, would you be interested? So how do we know how much to charge? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I, I think I would... First, look around with other uh, people kind of on your experience level charge. Um, and then it's just kind of like a trial and error thing, really. I wouldn't go, obviously, if you have very little experience, I wouldn't go in, you know, really steep right away because then it'll take much longer to find your first client. Um, but don't undercharge either. Uh, and I'm saying this um, because I've done that for too many years and it can lead to a frustrating feeling about your business and you don't want that either. But but go in low and then slowly, like every time you get a client, you increase by a little bit. That's how I would do it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And if you go in too low, then, uh, well, Going in low enough, and and we don't know, like we're not going to talk about numbers, like what is low and what's not, because you hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. It's whatever the market can bear. So if the market's saying, let's just be easy numbers, $100 to up, update somebody's LinkedIn. It's $100. That's like the average. If you just want to get started, if you price yourself at like $5, they're like, oh, how good can it actually be? You might be the absolute best ever, and you might bring them millions of dollars in. You charge five dollars, they're gonna say it's just that mentality. They're gonna start thinking, well, how good can it actually be? Especially if it's free. And here's what's also interesting. So I have the ultimate real estate investing system that I created. It's hundreds of hours that I created teaching people how to invest in real estate. I have friends and family that have said, I really want to get started. I'm so excited. I really want to get started. Can you help me? I said, sure. I will instead of because I charge two thousand dollars for the course. I literally just give it to them. I said, I'll give it to you, and then I will help you out. You know how many people actually complete that? Zero. Mm -hmm. Zero because they have no skin in the game. They they don't they have never bought into it and they realize, like, ah, I'll get to it. But yeah. if they spent two thousand dollars, those are the ones that actually get the job done and start making money. So mm -hmm. I love the idea of starting low, but not so low so that you're gonna be cutting your your feet off. And so let's say if it's hundred dollars, we're gonna start at maybe seventy-five dollars, eighty dollars. We're gonna give them a little bit of room because we are new, we don't have any testimonials, and that's something I want to ask about in just a minute. But as you're working your way up. The next client, you charge a little bit more. The next client, you charge a bit, little bit more. And over time, eventually, you have too many clients that you have to charge more because it's just it's the only way that you can actually make your time. Does, does that make sense? Or am, am I right? Or do you always try to keep it a flat fee at whatever certain price? Or do you, as you get more clients, do you raise it up? 
you definitely raise the prices, but then you also come up with other creative offers where you can weave in passive income. So you, you're going to create a course, right? Um, like yours, uh, you're going to create a video tutorial. Um, so I have a video tutorial. I have a done with me offer where they get access to the video tutorial and they get one hour with me, but I can charge much more for this one hour than I would, you know, just selling my one hour time because they're getting more value than just the one hour because they, it takes them probably 10 hours to work through my video course and actually create their profile, but then they just get one hour with me. So that's an, another way. And, and then, yeah, um, you know, just come up with these bundles that you um, creatively create in order to um, basically increase prices and keep the same value or even offer more value, but minimizing your one-on-one -on -one time. And, and again, that's only like you just said, once you have so many clients that you don't have enough time anymore. I think that's brilliant. I love that idea. I didn't even think about that because right now you're at a, uh, basically a service-based business where you either help them at LinkedIn or you come in and coach them or something like that. But I never thought of actually creating a course that can say, hey, instead of hiring me, go through my course. This, this will basically like you're hiring me, but you're going, it's it's cheaper, but also at the same time for you, it's scalable. You just, anybody yep. can come in. Like it's, it's absolutely fantastic. So I love that idea. Now, on top of that, what would you say about having a membership where people are paying monthly to stay in either, you know, working with other people that are in the course or, you know, making you're available where you say, you know, 90 minutes a month, I will be in the membership or I will literally do a question and answer with everybody in there. What are your thoughts about membership and having that as a, another uh, model of making passive income? Yeah, no, obviously everything that is passive income or recurring income is 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 definitely the, the trendy thing right now. Um, I don't have that for my LinkedIn, but I have it for uh, another thing that I'm working on right now. I'm kind of not moving away completely, but going like I zoomed in on LinkedIn. Now I'm zooming out again and I'm creating something I uh, call uh, gentle marketing. So it's a uh, a general marketing approach, but that touches on uh, the seven P's of marketing. And so I have a membership that I'm building for that program because, yeah, people need ongoing support, right? So uh, a low monthly um, membership is a great way to give people support and on the at the same time create recurring revenue for yourself. And I, I love that idea also, not just the membership, but what you just said before, that you're now starting something that's bigger than just LinkedIn. And for everybody listening, it's an idea that you're starting with a niche and you're re getting really, really good at that. And you're bringing that income in. That's going to be a great way for you to get your foot in the door. If you're trying to say, I'm everything marketing, like everything marketing is me, you're not going to get very many people. Um, if you start small and you make a name for yourself in something like Sarah has and says LinkedIn is where I'm at, and then you do really, really well, you start having people coming in and, and testimonies I just want to touch on in just a second. Um, you get testimonials, people saying, hey, I love working with Sarah. She does a fantastic job. Well, now you have that business coming and that money coming in, which is great. And then you could also leverage that in something bigger, in a bigger, broader way. And so you absolutely can leverage that and move up because you've already proven yourself in LinkedIn. Those principles probably still apply in many different ways. So I love that idea. Now, what are your thoughts about 
utilizing testimonials and how do you get testimonials, especially from, you know, customers that are busy and they're, they, they don't have necessary time to give a testimonial. Yeah, it, I think it, it has a lot to do again with confidence and, and just going for that ask right away. Like the minute someone uh, has finished working with you, has said, thank you so much in an email, you just follow up right away with, hey, what do you think? Uh, would you mind sending me a testimonial either on LinkedIn or you know whatever you want, video or whatever it is? Um, and I've noticed that it really helps if you kind of hold their hand along the way and actually tell them, look, these are the points that I think, uh, you know, would you mind talking about these points? Because uh, I think that's the kind of the results that we achieved. Would you agree? So kind of already hold their hand and kind of help them what to say, because you know how it is, Dustin. We, we get a, a request for a testimonial and we sit there, oh, am I going to write? It's hard, right? So so it helps actually, helps yourself because then you actually get a really good testimonial and it helps the other person because they know where to start. I think that's a great idea. I need all, all my coaching students, I need to like either email them or, you know, uh, send a message or something like that and say, hey, could you do a testimonial for me? Um, because usually they're all like, man, I, I love it. And, and they want to continue on and we continue on coaching. But it'd be great to do that. And I love that idea of helping them to understand what it is that would be a, would make a good testimonial. Because I know what would make a good testimony because I know my market. I know who comes to me and what gravitates towards them. They don't. They just know that they got a result of buying a, buying a couple properties and they're making you know 500 bucks a month in passive income. And they could say that, but there's probably some other things. And the people that, um, that so Sarah and I, we're, I would say, we, we're online a lot. Like we record things where you know, we have our personalities out there, but a lot of people don't, especially like my, my students for real estate, they're literally not. And so, um, having them give a testimonial on video, they might not even sound that great. But what's great is it makes them sound like a normal person. And so that's what everybody, that's what testimonials are great because you want them to sound like a normal person, like the person who's listening to that testimony or reading it, be able to say, you know what? I can see myself as that person. So I've done one thing also. So I have Master Passive Income, my podcast. I literally interview, because I teach everything about rental properties, but I intermix in there interviews where I literally interview a student and say, so how did, how was it? You know, how was that first property? Tell us about how you get it, how much you're making money. And so people, cause I used to get calls where everybody was saying, well, can I talk to one of your current students just to see what it's like? Or is, you know, and all like, well, I don't want to bother them. And you know, it just, it, a lot of things, just, it's not the best, but if you have a testimonial, you can say, go watch this testimonial so much better. Okay. So more, a little more practical. And there's a couple of more questions I want to talk about, about um, uh, growing it now, but really, really practical. I get LinkedIn requests all the time. Should I hit accept to every single one of those? Or should I just like Facebook, I get random requests from people I don't know. I have zero connected friends with, and I just kind of don't connect with them because it's like, uh, no, I just don't. But for LinkedIn, should I literally hit accept every single time? Yeah, it's such a tough question because it really depends whether you want to do something with LinkedIn. If you don't want to use LinkedIn and make it your number one platform, then all these contacts in your network are definitely useless, right? But if you do want to make it one of your main platforms and actually going to use it, then looking at the request, seeing who it is, thinking, well, you know, are they at least in the US? Are there, are they some kind of you know, decision maker who 
for you, it's, it's always a selfish decision, let's face it, because we are deciding, well, do I let this person into my network? Do I then want to expose them to my content? So what you're really thinking about is, first of all, I think they would have to be in the U.S. because you're, um, you know, about real estate. I actually do have a student in the Switzer- in Switzerland. Like, they are <laughs> literally in Switzerland, and they invest in the United States. So No it, way. Yeah, so, wow. Yes, it's very right. cool. So, so, so there you go. Wouldn't have to be US, but, but it would have to be some kind of person that has money. And, you know, usually on LinkedIn, that's the case. Um, but you still see from the profile, is this a serious profile or not? So, uh, but again, if you're not going to use LinkedIn to then share your content, then it's useless to have this big network. So it really depends. And and I'm still, you know, surprised how many people don't take the time to customize the invitation. Because that's always that's what I always tell my students. Well, if you want to get into people's network, well, you have to actually take the time to customize it because you Dustin, you don't want to do the work to figure out should I accept or not. Had this person though said, "Hey, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I listen to every episode." Of course, you would have accepted, right? So it's up to the people as well to customize their invitation. And by the way, if any listeners uh, want to connect with me, please, you know, tell me that you've listened to this show, and uh, of course, I'll accept. That's great. I love that idea. And I do get those where somebody literally says that. And it'd be like a month since I'd looked at it. I said, oh, I'm sorry. And I reply back. I haven't looked at LinkedIn, but I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. I'm glad we got to connect on there. So uh, so one question before we jump, I want to jump into a little bit more of like you helping me understand how it actually could be beneficial for human to human. But before we do that, what would you say to somebody who has their first client? Maybe they have five or six clients, you're starting to make some decent money, but they really want to quit working that J-O-B and they want to scale the business. They want to make sure that they're making more money. They started, you know, I realized I want to start making passive income. So I'm going to make this course. There is there, is there any other way to scale the business that we can make more money to provide for ourselves and our families? Mm-hmm. Um, well, a couple of other things I do um, in my business as well is, for example, affiliate um, marketing. So any uh, other entrepreneurs offers that you really trust and like that you could share with your uh, clients or your um, you know subscribers. So that's a way to to make income. And then and then yeah, I think I I would definitely plan towards creating some kind of online course and Kajabi right now is probably my favorite platform to to then sell this course um, and, and that's really the, the way to scale your one-on-one time because otherwise you're always going to be in that kind of you know different kind of rat race but still racing a- after time really so so online course would be the next step however I do also want to say that you know, there's so much talk about online courses and how you can make so much money. And, you know, it, it's a lot of work and it doesn't always work. So so still, I always tell people who want to quit their job, run it, run your idea as a side hustle first, because I never want to be responsible for someone quitting their job and then not being able to pay their bills. So I, I like what I'm doing right now with my my gentle marketing, I'm basically running it as a side hustle. I'm still doing the LinkedIn business while I'm building up this other business, right? Um, 
I would recommend the same thing for someone who is trying to quit their job. Maybe, you know, try to reduce your hours first and, and build the business on the side. Yeah, I think those are great, great points. Now, if somebody were to try to well, give me give me a tip, what should I do as, you know, I invest in real estate and I teach people how to invest in real estate. And I just looked at just, I'm a normal client just coming in and say, you know what, Sarah, I just see this as being B2B and that's not my business, but you're just telling me it's human to human. Is it just getting content out there or should I start re- like reaching out to people? What should I do to help people realize that I'm a great person to help them learn how to invest if that's what they want to do? Right. The The thing that is different from other platforms on LinkedIn is that you can actually research your ideal clients and LinkedIn will spit out a list of profiles that fit your ideal client description. Um, however, the the difficulty is, especially in your business now, well, how do you define or how does the ideal client define himself on LinkedIn? Because really for you, it's like, well, anybody could be a real estate owner. So maybe you need to start with one specific industry or, you know, let's say, let's start with marketing professionals. And so you would go and look for marketing professionals and start to create um, a, a network with marketing professionals um, that you invite and that you start to expose your content to them. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I'm definitely going to have to look into it because you're, like I said, you're you're the one of many many people have said LinkedIn is 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 getting better and better and growing. It's already big, but you know it's 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 going to be much more powerful as we go. So with I, I might put you on the spot, but you're a pro. Um, before we get into the rapid fire round, I think one one more question I got. You said there are seven key principles for marketing. Is that is that correct? Yeah, seven P's. Yeah, there's there's different versions. Um, there some people talk about the four P's. I talk about the seven P's, and what I did is I, I kind of reframed them um, into this more gentle approach. And and it looks like this. I have my mouse pad, and and so it's the P of passion, the P of personal power, people, product, pricing, promotion, and partnership. And what I'm saying is that we need to go through these in order to be able to market from within. So that's the new concept of marketing that I'm working on. And and that's why human to human is so important. I feel like with all this um, technology and bots and, you know, email and, and a lot of pitching and spamming also going on on LinkedIn, we sometimes lose the human connection. Like we forget, like, all this talk about leads, we forget that we're actually talking to people and not leads, you know, what's a lead? So, so that's why I think it's time to bring the human connection back to marketing. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. If if a business doesn't have marketing, it's really not going to be a business very long because you have to be able to reach out to people. And I find the more that I treat people like people, as opposed to a lead, the better my business does in serving them. So that's brilliant. So for everybody watching this on YouTube, you can absolutely see that. And we'll also have the description, how do you get to, to Sarah's website? So let's, Sarah, let's jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? All right. So the first thought is, the first question is, as you have a little more time, because you're not working 40, 50 hours, 60 hours a week for somebody else, you have a little more time to give and to serve and to make the world a better place. How are you doing that either, you know, making the world a better place or your community or even your family? Right. Yeah, I love that question. So uh, a lot of it is based on um, me already feeling 
better and and I um you know kind of ha- using this time in order to resource myself so that I then have more resources to give back and I give back with um my uh, small community. So this is my friends. I have more resources to support them, let's say, and and then also the bigger community. And, and I like to volunteer with foreigners. So that's um, kind of where I like to give back and, and spend my time. But that always means like I have to have those resources first for myself, because if we are working 60 hours per week, then obviously we're not going to feel like, oh, and now I have to time you know, use my time to give back to others. Yeah. And what's interesting is as you become an entrepreneur, you're working on your own, it's all on your shoulders. Not like it's like you're, you're hating it. You're actually, if you, if you actually are doing something you enjoy, it's almost like you could work 80 hours and not even blink. Like it just goes by where I personally quit my 40 hours a week to work 60 hours or 70 or 80 hours on my own. And I have to force myself to pull away because number one is fun. But number two, I just know there are so many good things that get done that we make business better. So the next thing is what type of legacy would you want to leave for the future? And how would that be written on, let's say your tombstone, like an epitaph or something like, what is one quick, like maybe sentence or two sentences about what you did for the rest of the world? Mm. So there's, there's this new gentle marketing revolution that I'm um, launching and building um, is all about bringing more empathy and kindness to the business world. So that's my big mission. And that's what I'd like to be known for. That's awesome. I love that. Great. So next question, if somebody were to get started, they want to, they want to start serving other people. They, they want to say, you know what, I'm an expert or I'm, I believe I'm an expert in, let's say Pinterest or TikTok or something like that. And they really want to get started outside of just getting started. What is one bit of advice you can give to somebody else to get that business up and running and going? Mm, so you want a pragmatic or, or can it also be like mental? Whatever is best from you, because this is you're the expert. We need to know from your brain. Okay. Well, I think what what I learned um, is really to take yourself less seriously, and that might be counterintuitive, but I think if we are taking ourselves so seriously, we like we're always like tense, and uh, I feel like there's a lot of anxiety in young entrepreneurs uh, who are just starting out, and because they want to do so well, and I, I was one of them, uh, but it can actually lead to burnout and failure because it just it yeah it's just no more fun, right? And we started our business in the first place to get rid of our job and and have more you know joy and, and all of that. So I would sell, say, and, and I had to tell that myself as, le- as well, take yourself less seriously, bring more fun into the, the business building. That's great. And so the next question is what, and it, it might tie into it. If not, I, I, I want to hear um, if it's not, what is the one bit of advice you would give to your younger self? You know, you're, you're, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years old, and you're after your years of life, you're looking back and saying, hey, you should have done this or do this. Mm. Well, yeah, it, ha- it has to do with the same thing. So, so basically letting go of um, kind of perfectionism and and just doing it and, and not, yeah, not pay so much attention to how will other people think of you or what does it, you know, all this judgment that we keep thinking that other people have on us. So, so just letting go of some of that um, control and perfectionism. 
Yeah, I think I think that's great. And I found that perfectionism awesome also leads into like procrastination because like, oh man, I just I, it's not perfect, so I'm just going to keep waiting. Well, we just got to get moving. Yeah, so I love that. I'm actually interested to hear your pragmatic advice to somebody. Do you have that on top of your brain? Yeah. So 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 kind of more the doing because I told you more about the being advice. The doing would definitely be like for me the podcast is one of the best business building strategies I ever uh, started and, and you're nodding. So you agree. And the second thing um, is I was going to say the email list, email list, or um, I ran for many years, I ran a, a LinkedIn challenge in collaboration with other um, LinkedIn specialists and experts. And that was also one of the best things that I did for my business. So it was collaboration and you know, collaborating maybe mid- with better known people than I was at the time. And that put me on the same level and it kind of put my name out there and it built all these professional relationships with other, um, you know, peers that I still have. And it really helped me launch my business. So I still think any kind of challenge, you don't have to call it challenge because there's many challenges out there right now, but some kind of collaboration with others I think that is key as well to to not think that you have to do it yourself. I yeah, so I absolutely believe in podcasts. The power. I have three podcasts. So I believe in the power of podcasts. I absolutely love love podcasting. I love the idea of working with others. So for about two years of starting Master Passive Income, so I quit my job. I had plenty of rental properties. I got I was getting bored. Like I had to do something, and so people were asking me how to do it. So I started Master Passive Income. But with that, I was just doing it on my own. It wasn't until like two, maybe three years later, I started started networking or going to conferences that talking to people that do the same thing, like teaching online. That was when I realized, man, this is I don't have to do this alone. And it's better when you work with other people. So I love that advice. That that's terrific. Okay. So next question is what is one tool, one app? It could be a, a piece of paper and a pencil that you use in your life on a daily basis that we should look into using. Right now I'm loving uh, Trello. Um, I use it as a project management tool. I also use it with my virtual assistants. I use it for my course. So uh, I love the visual aspect. A lot of people prefer Asana. That's another project management tool. But I like Trello because it's really visual and really looks like a pin board. So I like it a lot. That's great. Um, that, you're right. They go back and forth. Like some are Asana, some are Trello. I think it's just the way people's brains are wired. One gravitates towards the other. So very cool. Okay. Last question. What is one nonfiction book that you would suggest that we should read because it's going to help us in business or life or anything like that? Um, Essentialism by Greg McCowan. It is my all-time favorite business book um, in terms of um, kind of what we talked about, you know, the, the the time and finding time for yourself. It's all about learning how to say no to certain things and saying no also to the things that you want to do, because those are the hardest ones to say no to. But, there's, you know, if you're always doing all these projects and, you know, accepting everybody else's projects and, and stuff like that, well, you're never going to advance on what's really a essential to you. So um, yeah, love that book, Essentialism. 
Awesome. We're definitely going to put in the show notes so everybody can get that. So everything that we're talking about, they will be in the show notes as well. Matt, Sarah, you give us so much great wisdom, so much great advice. How can somebody, because I know they're going to want to reach out to you, either find you on LinkedIn or go to your website. How can they find you and reach out to you? Yeah, so just look me up on LinkedIn, Sarah Santa Croce. You'll put the name in the show notes as well so that they can look it up. And uh, my website, Sarah Santa Croce or the gentle businessrevolution.com. That's also the name of my podcast if you're intrigued about this whole gentle business thing. I love it. And I, I love the idea of the gentle business, not necessarily like like the the um, uh, direction, meaning like um, just marketing in general. I, I, I think it's genuinely a really good idea because I found not necessarily that I become more gentle, but exactly what you're saying, make it about people like human to human. That is exactly what we need to do. So Sarah Santa Croce, thank you so much. It's been fantastic having you on the Successful Unemployed Show. I learned a lot. I know everybody else did. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you. I learned so much in this interview from Sarah, especially the thought that we can actually look at LinkedIn, not as B2C or business to consumer or B2B as business to business. We should look at it too as as human to human, H to H, we're just working with humans. And so I'm super excited that I got to talk with her about this because I'm hoping to help other people invest in real estate and LinkedIn this might be where they are at. So I'm going to start working on there. And so if you know, of, uh, if you use LinkedIn and you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, go ahead and LinkedIn, or, you know, friend me or how I think it's connect on LinkedIn. Like I said, I don't use it very often. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and then say, hey, I listened to Sarah's episode of Successful Unemployed and I'll reply back and, and we'll get accepted and we'll start working together or at least we'll be connected. So I'm really looking forward to working with you guys and talking with you on LinkedIn because it's a whole new platform that I literally don't use. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But on top of that, get my best-selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. I'm going to give that to you completely for free. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book forward slash free book, all one word. And there are so many ways to invest, to have side hustles, to make money with entrepreneurship and anything else. So many ways to make money and not work a job. And that's what I want to show you. And so get started getting out of that rat race, get out of working for somebody else. We want to now create ways to make money without a job. Now you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with me on the Successful Unemployed Show, where we interview great business owners, entrepreneurs, side hustle experts, and and, um, investors. We interview all of them so that you can learn how they did it so you can do it yourself. All right, guys, I'll see you next time with another great interview from a fantastic expert in their field of being successfully unemployed. All right, we'll see you.